talking about being selfless. And um, sometimes we can be uh, a society or, or whatever it may be, we'll lean into being selfish. Tell us it's okay because, you know, it is all about you anyways. You've got to do what, what's best for you and so on and so forth. But the Bible talks about um, if we're going to follow Jesus, we've got to deny ourselves and carry our cross, pick up our cross and follow him. So we did talk about first we'd be emboldened witness. Uh, we talked about being faithful in our service. We talked about being extravagant in generosity. And this week we're going to be talking about being grateful in the grind. Grateful in the grind. Sometimes does life feel maybe like a little bit of a grind to, to you? I don't know. When I was a kid, it didn't. I mean, when I was a kid, I'd just come home. I had so much free time, ride my bike, do whatever I want. And it was so terrible if I had to do one or two chores. You know, it was like the end of the world. But uh, when you get older, you realize you know, that, that was the easy life. That was like nothing at all. And uh, you get in the real world, life can be a grind. we got responsibilities. We have obligations. We have family. We have friends. We have this. We have that. we got to pay the bills. We have all these sort of things on our minds. And it can get tough sometimes. It can get difficult. And so we're talking about how to be grateful in the grind. Um, it's easy, honestly, to wish away the season that we're in. You ever feel that way? I mean, we can just think about the actual seasons. You know, it's been really cold lately. And people say, man, I just cannot wait till it warms up. You ever say that? I mean, it's getting cold. It's 28 degrees. This is South Carolina. What in the world? And so we just, I can't wait till spring comes. The flowers are out. And we love spring. Who loves spring? It's okay to love spring. If you love spring, I love spring. But you just can't wait till it warm up a little bit. I can get out and do some gardening. Get out, I mean, get out in this winter time. It's so cold and nasty. And we get to spring. It's like, you know what? Spring is nice, but I just can't wait for us when school's out. You know, we got to get kids out of school, you know, because it's just getting crazy. We've got all this stuff going on. When it gets to summer, then it's really going to be, that's going to be nice. And we get to summer, like, man, it's 150 degrees. We're, in, you know, so hot. My goodness, what in the world? I can't wait till it cools down. We get into the fall. It's the weather. Football starts. I mean, when's football season starting anyway? You know, so we're ready for the, all that to start back up. And we, we're wishing for the next season. We get into fall, we're like, man, isn't Thanksgiving, Christmas coming? I can't wait for Christmas. One moment, you know, Christmas is coming. Some kids are wondering what present they're getting and all this sort of stuff. And we just go through this cycle in a very simple way of wishing for the next season and, in a way, being ungrateful for the one that we're in. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I know in the summer, I'm like, I can't wait for winter, man. It's 100 degrees, man. It would just be cold for a second. In the winter, I can't wait for it to be summer. And that's a silly way to look at it. Even in life, in the seasons of life, we can wish away... Um, the season that we're in. I remember when, you know, you're in high school and some people like really had a great high school experience. If you're like Isaiah, you didn't. And so then you're in high school. Man, I just can't wait to get out of here. And then you get out of there. Well, I just can't wait till I actually get to the next thing. Maybe now I'll start the military and that'll be where it's at. And then you get in the military. I can't wait to get out of the military. Um, and then you just keep pushing it down the road. That's when it, life is going to happen. For me, I had, I had a family, got married 22, had kids early, 23. And so it's like, okay, now I got a little Cecilia here who's crying every night. I just cannot wait till she sleeps through the night. And then she sleeps through the night. I just can't wait till she gets out of diapers. Now I just can't. Oh, now we got another kid. Can't wait till he sleeps through the night. And we're just always wishing to the next season. But never happens a season that we're maybe happy with. Or it doesn't last very long. It's, it's something to do with human nature, I think. It, it, it goes in so many different ways, even in ministry and pastors and churches. Well, if we just get a few more people, then, then we'll, we just get a building. If we just, now if we just get this, and then we'll really be something. And we get there, it's, no, 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 now we really need this. And we can never find satisfaction and joy in the, in the moments that God gives us. We're called Journey Church. 
Life is a journey, and, and every part of the journey is not the best, right? Right. Every part of your journey, you look back at your life, was not the greatest uh, celebration moment. You know, we, we think life, remember we had the eclipse? Everybody's building up to the eclipse. The eclipse is coming. Remember that? Yeah. And it happened, and it was over. <laughs> <laughs> but it was amazing. It was cool. Yeah. But life is not full of eclipses, right? There's moments, there's little seasonal. You can think of these say, oh, that was so awesome, I like this, that was, and that's good, that's fine. But your life is full of the grind, mostly. And if we spend our life waiting for that eclipse, waiting for that moment, we forget about all the other moments that God gives us. That's what I want to look at today, that's what I want to talk about. You know, I, I, I recognize in my own life that I have a tendency to do this. Maybe you do as well. We're just looking for the next thing to happen. Maybe it's the next achievement. Uh, you know, we're, we're casting our coach in this middle school basketball team. We were undefeated. We want to win the championship. But I know, here's the thing. We get to that championship game, and what if we lost? Does that mean everything was a waste? But, I, you know, the way we build things up sometimes, it might feel that way. It's all for this one moment. But, but the, whole, the point is, the whole season, we've been building up these girls and their basketball ability. We've been having a fun time. We've been enjoying each and every game. We've got to, we can't lose sight of that. Um, sometimes you think, you know, this summer I'm going on this vacation. When I get to, to Disney World, that's where it's at. If I get this possession, once I trade in my car, get a new car, then I'll be happy. Right? I, you know, this old car is, is just a piece of junk. If I get a new one, then that's going to be really nice. Um, when, when this thing happens, this challenge, goal, dream, all these things, th that's the prize. And the thing is, we can spend our life pursuing what we want. It's really a self-centered focus. When, when I get this, when this happens, it's a selfish way of pursuing uh, of things in life. My dreams, my passions, my goals, there got to be something else out there that's better than what I have right now. And that's what our culture teaches. It teaches us to gratify ourselves, to indulge ourselves, to treat ourselves because we deserve it. Because, you know, you only live once, YOLO, you know, so you got to do what you got to do to take care of yourself. But this is what the Bible says, and this is our scripture for today. Uh, 1 Corinthians 10.31, this is what the Apostle Paul said. Whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. Not whatever you do, do it for yourself. Do it to get ahead. Do it to have a good time. Whatever you do, do it. Make sure you really enjoy it. But do it for the glory of God. And those whatever you do moments are the most moments of our life. It's not the eclipse. It's not the big things. It's the little things that we're talking about. And so we're trying to gain a, a, a better awareness a more consistent awareness in my life, I know I'm trying to, of that the prize and, and, the, and the prize of, of life, life, the goal of it is not something out there that we're waiting for. It's not when this church finally gets a building, we finally get 200 people, you fill in the number 100 people, 50 people. That's not the prize, but the prize is the process. The prize isn't something out there. The prize isn't something that we accomplish occasionally. The huge success, the big moment, it's it's what we do daily for the glory of God. That really is the prize. That's really what life is about. It's not about these big moments, although God gives us those and they're great. But it's about what we do this week for the glory of God. And it may look just like last week in a way, but we can do it in a different way with a different perspective. Amen. Right? So what if, here's your fill-ins here, what if the work is the reward? What if the work really is the reward? What if... The prize is in the process. And what if you can be grateful in the grind? 
It's not something out there that we're going to get to, but it's this week. God, what can I, how can I do whatever I do for your glory? Whatever it is, whether it's being a mechanic and fixing things and dealing with the shop and dealing with all the headaches and all this and that, how can I do that for your glory? How can I do this thing that you placed me at for your glory? That, that's really maybe where God has called us to. And so we're going to look at that. We're going to look at the life of the Apostle Paul just for a moment this morning. We're not going to look at his whole life because it was pretty uh, jam-packed of, of, of things. But we're going to look at just a perspective from his life. And, and I want to show you a text. It's in 1 Corinthians 15 that it kind of describes Paul's progression in his life. He started out really as kind of a pretty bad guy. He was a bad dude. He wasn't a very nice person. Uh, he made it his goal early in life to be so religiously, uh, uh, so much of a zealot for his religion, which was Judaism at that time, that he would kill people that uh, were Christians. He would go out and say, not only do I disagree with you, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to put you in prison. I'm going to destroy your life because I'm so much about me and what I'm about. So that's how he set up his life. And, and God, if you know the story in Acts chapter 9, so transformed his life. He was knocked off his horse, blinded, and given a new calling, a new purpose. And he was radically saved and changed and transformed into a different person. And so, so the Apostle Paul did not start out as some uh, Bible school student that was ready to serve the Lord. He was, he was an anti-everything to do with Jesus. But God showed him grace. God showed us grace. Right? And we think about our lives were not always the greatest. We were not always about the Lord. Even those that grew up in church, like myself, uh, it could have looked like I was, but I wasn't in my heart. Right? I knew all the right things to say. I knew all the right things to do. But in my own heart, I wasn't always about that. I was about me. I was about promoting me and whatever I wanted. Right? And so you can, you can look at your own story. But here's what the Apostle Paul says. 1 Corinthians 15, 9. For I am the least of the apostles. Okay. And do not even deserve to be called an apostle. Look at the perspective he has. You know, I'm not really anybody. I don't even deserve to be here. Think about that. He's not like, no, no I'm actually writing the New Testament as I speak. <laughs> you know, I am, I am the man, okay? No, he's saying, no, honestly, I don't even deserve to be here. I, I shouldn't even be doing this. Because I was this person. I was not a good guy. But he says this, because I, per I persecuted the church of God. But look who I was. But verse 10 says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. By the grace of God. Who could say that today? By the grace of God, I am what I am. I know that's in my life. By the grace of God, I am, I am here right now. Not because I uh, grew up in a Christian home and I did Bible quiz and I went to Southeastern. By the grace of God, I am here today. He's shown his grace to me so many different ways, so many different times. And by his grace, we all are saved, not through our own work. So Paul, so Paul says, by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace, to me, was not without effect. Some people, you know, God has shown grace to everyone, but to many people it has no effect because they haven't received it into their life. People that you rub shoulders with, go to work with, God has grace for them. But for many people, it's, there's no effect on them because they haven't received it into their heart and their life. They don't understand it, or they don't get it, or they don't want it. They don't feel the need for it. And so that's, that's really the mission of, of sharing the gospel is not... To go save somebody, like we could do something, but to help people understand that there's grace for them. Just like there was grace for me, there's grace for you. And you don't have to be a perfect person to come be a Christian. 
But understand that God has extended his grace to you and you can receive that in your life. And so he says it was, it was not without effect. Then he says this. It's interesting. No, I worked harder than all of them. So the effect of God's grace in his life was what? He worked hard. He, he got on the grind. Paul started grinding it out. Why? Because he was a great person? Because, no, because the grace of God so touched him, he said, you know, i got to get busy. i got to do something. I gotta, I, I'm going to work hard. And he says, I worked harder than all of them. I don't think he's necessarily trying to brag or, or you know, he's, I think he's just being honest. And, you know, I, I, I got busy and I started working and that's what I was about. And yet not I, but the grace of God that was in me. So the grace of God in me, changing me, making me a new person, caused me to get busy, to get grinding for him, and to do the rest of my life for the, to work for the glory of God. This is the life that Paul lived. I, didn't, I don't live for my glory, for my identity, for my, I live for him. And so his grace in me caused me to work hard for him. And so I can't imagine that even the depth of sacrifice that, that Paul went through and that was contained in this, this phrase. And I don't think he's complaining. I don't think he's bragging. He's just stating the truth. If you were to get Paul to sit down, if you could go interview people in the Bible, wouldn't that be cool if you could go back in time, build a time machine, talk to somebody? That'd be cool, right? You could talk to Bible people. That'd be really cool, right? Somebody invent that. And so you could sit down by a fire with the Apostle Paul. You guys just chilling. You have roasted marshmallows, whatever you're doing. And, uh, hey, Paul, tell me about what it was like, man. Tell me about... Um, you know, tell me about how, what, what it went down as being the apostle that wrote all the New Testament and all this stuff. And, and he might say, you know, while, while other people maybe went to sleep, I stayed up and I was strategizing. I was thinking through how I could reach new communities, how we could pl plant a church in this other place that nobody really wanted to go to. That's what I was consuming my mind. Um, when most people were trying to think about their comfort and what would kind of protect them, I was beaten, shipwrecked, snake bitten. You know, I, I went through challenge after challenge. While others took shortcuts day in and day out, I did the hard work of ministering to people. I memorized God's word and you know, I wrote some of, the, of God's word. You know, I, while I was in prison, I, I got in prison, but you know what? I didn't just sit here and wait until I got out of prison to do something. While I was in prison, I was still working. Think about that. While he was still in prison, he was writing letters to encourage other people in their struggle. You might feel like you're in prison. Maybe your job is in prison. You know, I don't know. Or maybe whatever your situation is feels like, why am I trapped here? But Paul in his prison said, you know, how can I encourage somebody else? How can I challenge somebody else and help them in their walk? So he wasn't wishing away his moments. He was making the most of every opportunity that God gave him. Prison, shipwreck, when uh, Barnabas and him had a little dispute. Remember the story? They kind of had a difference of, a difference of opinion about things just like you will with other Christians. Somebody's going to see it this way. Some going to see it that way. That's being a human being. And, and they didn't get all bent out of shape. Paul could have got so mad. I'm leaving the church. You know, this guy got on my nerves. And Barnum is supposed to be my friend. He didn't agree with me. Well, guess what? Now everybody's going to agree with you. You're not going to agree with everybody. But Paul didn't get all bent out of shape. He didn't get bitter. He just continued to work. He said, okay, you can go that way. I'll go this way. I don't hate you. You don't hate me. But we can see it differently. And, and so he continued working even in the, those moments as well. So whatever you do, do for the glory of God. Whether you're changing diapers or making sales calls, doing laundry, you're doing errands, um, you do it for the glory of God because the work is the reward and the prize is in the process and we can be grateful in the grind. 
You know, there's three enemies of the true reward, and I'm going to share these with you this morning. And um, you just think of it this way. So the first one is this. Call it the pillow. The pillow. The pillow. I know. I love pillows because when you lay in bed and you have a good pillow, it can help you sleep, right? Who likes their pillow? Who takes their pillow on a trip? No, some people like grab it and they take it because it's like they're, you know, I don't want that hotel pillow. I want my pillow, right? Now, so we're not talking about an actual pillow. This is a metaphor. Um, this is the seduction of comfort, okay? This can keep us from the true reward because rather than pushing through in the difficult times, we would rather shrink back into what's more comfortable. This is just human nature. This is what we seek as a human being. We want maybe maybe it shows itself that we want a better house, so we get consumed with the house we're living in. You know, I gotta upgrade this. I need the countertops. I gotta get this. I gotta you know go here and there. And there's nothing wrong with any of that. Those things. It's only wrong when it consumes us to the point where we don't want to serve serve God, and it, it takes over our vision, takes over our mind, and we don't want to put everything we do for the glory of God, it becomes, what countertops can I get? And that's what I'm really all about. What, I'm switching the kitchen out, you know, and it consumes us. Or maybe it's it's the cars, the next trip, you know, where, where are we going to go next? Maybe it's, um, you know, rather than work in this place, I got to work here. I want to be my own boss. I need to make more money so I can take life easy. Um, but God hasn't called us to take life easy. He's called us to deny ourselves, called us to take up a cross. You can think about it this way. Easy never changed the world. Easy never changed the world. If you're going to do something significant, it's probably not going to be easy. Right? It's probably not going to be, uh, oh, wow, that required me to do anything. And wow, we made this huge difference. Like if we're going to, as a church, like, you know, we didn't really have to do anything. And all of a sudden, all these people just started coming to our church. And bless the Lord, you know, um, we got all these people coming. We didn't do anything. We just put a sign out. Well, that's probably not how it's going to work. Now, we can pray, we can seek God, we can ask for his favor and his blessing. But sometimes it takes a little bit of, of work to reach people, right? right? Sometimes it takes a little bit of effort on our part to re reach people, get out of our comfort zone, and, just, and to make a difference. And so the pillow can be uh, an impediment to the true prize. Because we, if we shrink back for comfort in every area of our life, we're going to miss out on those things that God wants to do, even though they're difficult. Number two can be... We call it this, the shiny thing, the shiny thing. This is the allure of constant distractions, right? There's always something, oh, bing, and my watch is bing. I don't know why my watch is bing, but somebody's texting me, and there's always a distraction, always a bing. There's always something to scroll on your phone. You scroll and scroll, right? Just keep going, and it never stops. And Facebook or whatever, Instagram, just keep scrolling. And, and there's always a distraction that's coming our way, especially in the society that we live in today. Um, Watching Netflix, what's the next one do? Pops right back up. Got another one. Well, must be the will of God. It started. You know, <laughs> I mean, if another one started. God must want me to watch this because you know I didn't have to do it. Um, so the next, you know, it, it's it's what sometimes in our lives. I, mean, I look at myself. We get overscheduled. I have four kids. It's very easy to get overscheduled when you have four kids. You don't have to really schedule much, and all of a sudden you're scheduled. But when you're trying to do a lot of different things, all of a sudden, it's the shiny thing, all this thing, that thing. What about this? What about that? And there's opportunities that come our way, and we can't do every opportunity. You can't grasp onto every opportunity. You have to have discernment, and is this what I need to do or this? Because you can't do everything. And so you have to have some wisdom. Sometimes all these opportunities that come our way, different things, different that, if we, if we don't 
get through, we get our minds so distracted by all the different things and we forget about why am I here anyways? What does God want me to do? Not just this next distraction. So the, the shiny things are the distractions in our life. And we have to think, is this really important? Is this what God wants me to do? Number three is this. This is the, the towel. And we'll call it a metaphor for the perpetual temptation to quit. Perpetual temptation to quit. You ever felt like you wanted to quit? I know I have. Maybe you're not like me, but there's a lot of times I want to quit. Most people don't. I don't know if you don't want to admit that or, you know, you don't want to hear that from people, especially the, you know, hey, you want to quit? I don't know. Uh, I've had many times, to be honest with you, I've been here, moved here, especially early on, man, I, I wanted to quit. I mean, if some of you guys have been around for a while, you know, right. I'm like, what, what am I doing? Like, I want to quit. But you know, that temptation to quit would have led me, and I thank God he didn't allow me to, because I tried to, and there's just no door open. And God said, no, you're going to stay here. I'm like, well, I want to stay here. Well, I want you here. So here I am, right? So there's that temptation to quit in our lives when things get hard, we don't understand what we're doing, why is it like this? I thought it would be this, and now it's this. So God, you know, this is not what I planned, so I'm just going to pull the plug. I'm going to throw in the towel, right? And, and God, in his grace, sometimes won't let us quit. He won't give us something, but sometimes there's something there. we got to make a decision. Is this really what I need to do, throw in the towel? Um, do I need to give up right now when it's hard? Is um, you know, they're not appreciating me here, so I'm just going to quit. They're not, I don't feel like I'm making a difference right now, so who cares about this? But we got to sometimes keep sowing seeds in our lives. You don't see the seed produce in a harvest immediately. Oh, as, we're, as we're doing this church, I got to keep reminding myself that. We got to keep sowing seeds. Uh, the harvest doesn't come in like a microwave. You know, it's not like immediately we see the fruit of what we're doing. But we got to keep sowing. we got to keep being faithful. And we can't stop sowing. Well, I didn't see anything last time, so what's the point? Uh, but we got to keep trusting the Lord, sowing seeds in our lives. Maybe that's a coworker that you're ministering to. You try to be encouraging. It's like, man, they don't seem responsive at all. You know, they seem like they hate you more or something. But we sow seeds of kindness and love and, and care. And we don't know what God will do with those, but we can't give up. We can't throw in the towel just because it's hard. We've got to keep sowing and say, Lord, I trust you with this. And the work is the reward. Sowing the seeds of love and kindness to people around me, that's the reward. That's what God's called me to do. I don't know what the I don't know how they'll respond. I can't control that. But I can't control what I'm doing. And that's the reward. The prize is in the process. We can be grateful in the grind. You know, as a youth pastor, I used to go to a lot of graduations, high school graduations. I would go to five or six every single year, if not more. And, and they're long and they're boring. But, I mean, especially when they're just reading people's names. They're like, oh, there's 650 people in your class. All right, let's read them fast. Let's go. Um, but part of graduation is they bring in a speaker. You've been to graduations. They bring in a speaker. And what does the speaker usually say? Follow your dreams. Chase your passion. you got to do what you believe in, what you love. You know, that's what it's all about. And there's an element of truth in that. I don't want to totally... Uh, degrade that message because there's an element of truth to that. However, there's also a, an element of falsehood and, and lack of guidance in that. Because the, the fact of the matter is we don't always get to follow our dreams and passions into a place where we can live under a roof with meals on the table. You know, you could be 
uh, you know, an artist or study undergrad psychology and get a huge you know, loan bill, and then what, right? Um, so so there's, there's sometimes a, a misguided wisdom to say that passion is really what it's all about. But truly what, what we're saying is that you do what makes you happy and you what passion to you. But the problem is, if that's all you pursue is your own selfish passions, you may never find a real purpose. And you may actually be broke as well. I think of my, my, um, my grandfathers, both of them. Grandpa Nance, Grandpa Sundell. They both worked at the same factory in Fort Wayne, Indiana called Zollner Pistons. They made Zollner Pistons. All right, these were actually, the, they were the Fort Wayne Pistons for their Detroit Pistons, named after this factory. So in Fort Wayne, Indiana, they spent 30, 40 years of their life at a factory making pistons. How exciting is that? Did they follow their passion? I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think, maybe they didn't listen. Maybe they were like goof around in the graduation speech or something like that. And they didn't hear the guy say, follow your passion. Um, and they were just ended up making pistons in a factory in Fort Wayne, Indiana. But you know what they did? They did everything they did for the glory of God. They really did. My, my, I look at both, they were godly men. My, my grandpa Sundell, uh, deacon in the church, church treasurer, um, taught Sunday school, um, had so many ways that he ministered to people, but he made pistons in a factory. Probably a boring job. But he raised, he raised two kids that one was a pastor, and my, my uncle's a pastor, and my dad um, was a godly guy. You know, so it, it's not just following your passion and finding some job that is so unique and crazy. But it's about doing everything you do for the glory of God. My other grandfather, um, his passion was actually gardening. And you don't do that in the factory. But he still got to do what he did on the side. He gardened. He had this huge garden in his backyard. And he would share what he had his crops with people and all this stuff. And it was kind of what he was known for. But he went to work and he paid the bills and he raised kids. And they were they grew up to be good people and so forth. And so we, we got to redesign our, our thought. It's not just about what makes me happy. And I'm all that. Like this is not making me happy on my job, or this, you know. How can I my whole life bring glory to God? Amen. You know, and maybe I do this work here because I have to. I need to support my family, but I, I give everything I have for the Lord God, even the things I don't necessarily find exciting. You know, I, I think about Paul. Like he probably was passionate about something in his life. You know, and he was a normal person, right? And I don't know what people back 2,000 years ago are passionate about. Maybe you played guitar, like their guitar back then. Or maybe, maybe he was an artist or who knows what. I mean, maybe he was like, he had like um, vintage donkeys that he would like uh, remodel or something. You know, maybe his cars. Um, but who knows what he was about. But you know, he's probably not passionate about getting beaten and left for dead. That was probably not his passion. Hmm. I like getting beaten. I like getting bit by snakes and shipwrecked. That's really what I enjoy. No, he didn't enjoy that. But you know what? He put himself in situations where that would happen over and over because he knew this is what my purpose is. That's right. And this is more important than my passion. And the crazy thing about passion is that, honestly, passion will follow purpose. If you find a purpose in your life, right. you will find passion. Amen. And, and that's not what we hear at graduations all the time. It's just do what you're passionate about. It's not, hey, find a purpose. Something that makes a difference. Do something that is not about you, but it's for somebody else. Because when you do that, you'll find a passion in your life that really will be changing not just to yourself, but the world around you. And so that's what the Apostle Paul exemplified. It's what he did. He said, you know, I'm going to give my life for God's purpose. 
And in the midst of that, he had so much passion that it, it drove him to work harder than everybody else. It drove him to, to push through the grind, to push through the, the difficult things, and, and, and to make a difference. This is what he said in Acts 20, verse 24. He said, however, I consider my life worth nothing to me. It's not about me. It's not about my life. My life's worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. The task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. It's not about my life. It's about what I can do for God with my life. Purpose helps us find, feel passionate about ordinary things. Purpose helps us feel passionate about ordinary things when you teach the drum lesson. It's an ordinary thing. Well, you find purpose in that. You say, you know what, God, why do you have me here? What do you want me to do? Then it can, it can fill that sort of activity with a different meaning, a different purpose. Um, something mundane, something ordinary, it takes on meaning. The shiny thing is beeping. Thank you, Dane, for the text. Um, so whatever I do, whether it's small, boring, insignificant, I do it for the glory of God. You know, Paul is a, he's such a great example of this, but in our lives, whether we're at church, uh, whether outside the walls, there's so many different ways that we can find purpose in the ordinary things of life. Opening our home, um, meeting, meeting together with people, um, watching the two-year-olds back here. Chrissy, Chrissy comes out and watches this little kids. Like, oh, man, you know, I miss service. But, you know, if you find purpose in that and you see a bigger idea, of, you know, I'm watching this kid and I'm ministering to them and I'm allowing the parent to focus and get something as well. That, that's how you serve the Lord in the little things. So whatever you do, think about all the little things you do. Whatever you do, do it for the glory of God because the prize isn't when you get the promotion. It's not the new car. It's not the vacation. It's not the beach trip, the mountain trip, the Disney World trip. It's not when you get discovered and you become famous. It's not when you make the big bucks and you can settle down and take life easy. The prize is now. In the midst of your struggle, in the midst of the difficult things of your life, in the midst of the stuff that you don't necessarily care for. That's where the prize is because that's where you can live for the glory of God. Because life isn't about me. Life is about following Jesus and denying ourselves. And we do that, we can be bold in spirit. We realize that because of the grace of Jesus that he saved me, we can be bold. We can be bold when we go out in the community and we can speak deeply about what we believe because um, all of God's goodness to me I can't contain. And I'm going to share with others what God's done for me. We can be faithful in service because serving isn't what we do, it's who we are. We can be extravagant in generosity. We can give and give and not hold back because we know God is the one who's the source. He's the author of everything. And he will provide. So daily, it's, it's a life that we live. The work is a reward. The prize is in the process. And, and we can be grateful in the grind. And so if we just bow our heads this morning and close our eyes, we're going to conclude in prayer. Just going to pray this morning and... Um, just kind of in response to the message. If you would say this morning, you know what? I've been wishing away too much of my life, hoping for the next season. You know, and I'm just not always embracing what God has for me in the moment. I'm waiting for this next thing to happen, waiting for you, you fill in the blank, whatever it is for you. And, and I'm not always embracing the goodness of God right here, right now. I'm not always grateful for the little things in the moment right now because it feels like such a grind. And I want to do everything I do with God's help for his glory. If, that, if that's 
maybe where you're at this morning, would you lift your hand? I just we pray together. I know that's me sometimes for sure. Or I, I want something else to happen down the road. If that's you, just lift your hand. We'll pray together. Yeah, so many of us this morning. Um, let's just pray. Lord, I thank you, God, that you were faithful. And God, you've shown us so much grace and goodness. So much love toward us, God. And, and, and Lord, sometimes life can be challenging. It's hard. We get distracted by uh, the next things that come. We get busy. We get over-programmed, over-scheduled. Um, God, and it's easy as a human being to just want comfort or want what's easy and just honestly just to want to quit sometimes. But Lord, I pray for each person here this morning, God, that you'll help us to, to see the little things as the real prize of life. That the grind of life is not just something we got to get through, but it's something we can do for your glory. We can do it for you. We can do it unto you, God. And, and every little thing will honor you because we do it with purpose. God, help us to see the purpose in the little things we do. Help us to see the purpose in the ordinary. And God, not just, just wait for something else around the corner to happen, and then life will start. Well, Lord, help us to live life for you right now, right today, this week. Lord, as we go out into the community, Lord, even as we go to the, some of us go over to the chili cook-off, and God, we can see, Lord, how you might use this as a conversation or, or just an encouraging word to somebody. Um, just the, the, our countenance, how, how we are, Lord, that it'll be a difference maker to somebody in their life. And God, in the daily things, Lord, as we go to work, as we go into the, the things that we do each and every week, each and every day, Lord, help us, God, to see purpose in that. It's not pointless. It's not, um, we're not just there because, but Lord, you have us there for a reason. And Lord, I pray that you will use us for your purpose, for your glory. And God, that you will continue to let us be willing to sow seeds in this community and uh, trust you for the results. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 God bless you guys.